Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Wednesday, September 6th, 2023. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. Welcome to Beckler and Shauna Pisscast. It feels like full-on fall in Calgary now. It really does, yeah. Like the September long weekend hit and then it was fall. We are supposed to get some warmer weather, though, coming up this weekend, right? So hopefully it reverts back to feeling like summer. I would yep. like that. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my mom yesterday, and she said it's supposed to be very snowy and freezing cold this winter. And my dad's like, they always say that. Yep. I was like, where'd you get that? From the Farmer's Almanac? Yeah. Because they make the same prediction every year. Every single year. Although it's an El Nino year, so that would suggest that it's going to be milder than usual. Mm. I just hope we get a good long fall. I really do like fall. That would be nice, yes. Yeah, if it doesn't snow till like mid-November, that'd be really cool. Well, it's so funny because in Ontario right now, it's 41. What? With the humidity. Holy Plus crap. three days. My parents are there right and they're like, it's hot as hell. And I was like, wow. holy, yeah, that's it's, it's the hottest it's been all summer for them right now, so. I hope we get lots of nice foliage. Yes. Keeps the leaves on the trees. Because oftentimes it'll like the leaves will change color and then it'll get windy and we'll get like less than a week leaves of fall. Are already starting to fall. I, I know. I know. Uh, on today's show, a heritage moment, of course, because it's Wednesday. Yes. We're going to talk about the uh, green belt scandal in Ontario, where Shauna is from. I don't know if you followed the story or not, but there's some pretty funny aspects of it. How do teachers decide who gets which student in their class? Like if there's more than one grade if there's more than one class per grade how do they decide that we're gonna get into that and i'm not gonna play today's out of context clip i haven't we haven't done this before but i don't want to ruin it for you when shauna <laughs> drops it for the first time in in our first segment because it just killed me so we'll just get right into it the beckler and shauna podcast i came across this great news booth the other day a good booth a good booth uh, for is, those who don't know what a boof is, it's um something that it's just like a mistake, a flub. Espe- especially when public speaking. Yes. It's when you make a mistake and you kind of start to flail a little bit. Boof. Boof. Uh, <laughs> this one's from a little while ago, and it's clearly making the rounds again because it just popped up. But uh, let me just play it for you. Okay, you ready for yep, this? Yep. Check your panties. About 175,000 <laughs> rice. Now, it happened so quick and right off the bat because this was right as he started this newscast. Just... So you're talking about some rice cookers that lit on fire. So you're supposed to check your pantries (laughs) and instead check your panties. (laughs) Like, listen to the conviction in the way he says that. Check your panties. Like, doesn't even flinch. Obviously. What did you say to me, sir? (laughs) And then at the end. About 175,000 rice. I think that was supposed to be pantries. (laughs) 
after. But I guess on the teleprompter, it said panties. It said panties instead of pantries. But he didn't even think that maybe that's a weird thing to and kick what, off the news program with is check your panties. And whatever you put on the teleprompter, Burgundy oh, will read. So holy right? Like, just check your panties. Check your panties. Check your panties. <laughs> <laughs> Check your panties. Why is his delivery of it so Why strange, he too? So, he's just so certain that that's what he's supposed oh to be saying God. there. <laughs> Check your panties. You might have a rice cooker in there that uh, could catch Rice cooker's on fire in your panties, so you better check them right now. We've called and asked a rice cooker before on this show, too, which is so funny. <laughs> you, you've had a day when your rice cooker is unleashing your panties. Oh, you better man. check them, okay? Uh, hang on a second. I think my rice cooker's on fire. I gotta go. I gotta go. Check your panties. Check, check your panties. I need to go check my panties. Check your panties. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> 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 Podcast. Well, that's the hardest genuine laugh I've had on the show in a long time. <laughs> I, I was making just like <laughs> seabird noises by the end. I wasn't even <laughs> laughing anymore. I was just, I couldn't uh, handle it. I couldn't handle oh that guy God, anymore. Jeez. It's oh. just hilarious. Like the Ron Burgundy, just not even thinking. There are so many of these news blooper cl- clips that I think are fake, that I think yeah. are staged, that they get a viral moment. Totally. That one doesn't feel staged. No, nope. I no. think he legitimately went for it. It was genuine. That was a genuine <laughs> not understanding. And then as he, st- yeah, as he starts to realize, oh, pantries. Pantries. <laughs> right. Jeez, I wish I hadn't hit it so hard <laughs> right out of the gate. Just with conviction. I was like, you clearly say panties a lot. Like, he said that word like he says it all the time, yeah, you know? Yeah, it rolled off his tongue, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was like, what goes on at home? I don't even want to. Check your panties, everyone. Panties. All right, we're about to go out. Did he pronounce? Everyone check your panties. Did he pronounce the T or he no? He barely did. Okay, this good. is the thing. He really punched it. Like, just a natural way of saying, oh, God. Because I say it without the T. Yeah. I say panties. Yes. Morgan Freeman says panties. Yes. So he's he got the T. T more so, but. This guy was closer to my pronunciation. Rolls off the tongue naturally. Yeah. I feel like you've witnessed a bit of Beckler and Shauna history here. I think that mm. clip is destined for the Hall of Fame. It's already saved. It's in an accessible location. Good. Yes. Yeah. Good. On our computer here, we have what are called hot keys. Yes. Where you can just like, if you need Fire a clip, it off quickly. You just touch it and it plays. I think that Check would be a hot panties. key. It's going to be up there with uh, Dan Durazio's comments about bodies. Absolutely. Players' bodies. Yeah. Um, Body. The saxophone solo from. Yes. Was it the Five Satins? Mm-hmm. That one. <laughs> yeah. There's some top top clips uh, in that one. What just... are some of the other ones that we've played a ton? Right in the the top. truck supercut. Yeah. I oh, think yeah. that that's going to be right up there with those in time. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun. Yes. You know where you can comfortably check your panties. <laughs> Where's that, Shauna? <laughs> your Shane Holmes home. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can check them anywhere you want. In your customizable uh, home, you can check them anywhere. You know, Are you going to have a check your panties, a designated check your panties room? Don't know why you'd need that unless you're having real problems with your rice cooker catching fire. But. <laughs> no, sometimes it happens. It's the best of us, actually. Like you in Costa Rica. Yep. You to check your panties down there. Mm-hmm. I had to, uh, I had Shane to throw Holmes. up my panties. <laughs> the better way to build. ShaneHolmes.com. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. So my boys had their first day of school yesterday, and they were super excited. That's to find, awesome. Yeah, to find out which friends were going to be in their class and all that. Uh, 
I have a question for you, Sean, and you have a, you come from a family of teachers, so maybe you can answer this for me. How do they decide who's in which class? Like if you have multiple classes of the same grade, because I think, you know, there's like two grade two classes, two grade three classes. How do they decide like which kids are with which teacher? There's only two grade two and two grade three classes. Bo, I think Bo had two, there was two and a half wow. classes last year. There was two and a split. They crammed a lot of children into our classes growing up, needless to say. You know, it's we, funny. And we had so few students some years that there were splits because there weren't enough. Really? Yeah, there'd be like a six, seven split because there weren't enough kids, you know? Crazy. So. Yeah, no, no. Brampton, they just crammed us all in wow. there like a jail. Um, that's a damn good question. I never really had thought about that before. Do they have a draft? Like, do the teachers get to pick their students? Like, there is some input the teachers have to give, right? After the figure. first year. I think that parents can even put some sort of request, not that that will, but like there's a whole bunch of considerations that I think mm-hmm. go into it. So I, wow. Because I know like when I played minor sports growing up, you would go to evaluations and they would decide like all the players from best to worst mm-hmm. who are in the zone or whatever. And then I think the coaches would get together over a beer and would pick their team so that you had like somewhat balanced teams. Right. And so that the coaches had some say into which players they got. And I'm wondering if school works the same way. I think it probably does. Because <laughs> you couldn't have all of the, the difficult kids with one teacher. No. That wouldn't be fair. So I'm sure they yep. they do something to break it up. They probably talk about it a little bit, yeah. Do, do they get like a scouting report from the last year's teachers? Mm. Like if you're going into grade five, do the, the grade five teachers talk to the grade four teachers? And I mean, say they like, all okay, would talk, yeah, and be like... How do you rank these kids? Because there's a lot of those individual <laughs> tests that you do like to see if you go into a, a special class, right? right? In terms of academics or whatever. Uh, so that, that helps determine. But outside of that, yeah, teachers probably do. They get a little tipsy and decide who gets who. I wonder. I really hope it's a draft. Yeah. I hope it just gets super rowdy and all the teachers just get wasted and discuss this. Full scouting report. Kids got lots of potential. Bit of a troublemaker if you see them in the back. Yeah, Yeah, it's an online draft, so you can do it remotely if you need to as well. (laughs) All the names are listed and you get to decide. Yeah, all their strengths and weaknesses. Potential for problems. They do a basketball like competition to determine who gets first draft, and then you yes. decide the draft order from All there, right. obviously. Got to break these two kids up, because if you got them in the same class, they feed off each other, and that's for a sure. big problem. We're going to yeah. have a good year. We're going to have a bad year here. Yeah, yeah. snake so. draft as well. So. <laughs> it's, a, it's a snake draft. It's a, snake a serpentine draft. draft. Yeah. <laughs> and Shauna podcast. Alexander on Facebook sent us a phenomenal honorable mention for our Fortune 500 list. Okay. And for those who don't know, this is, of course, local pun business names we always like to feature them this one though because it's not local is just an honorable mention it is from Canada it's from the east coast but it's just too good to not mention so Alexander I had to bring this one up the business is called hookers and blow <laughs> and it's a fishing tackle slash kite business they do both of those things? They do both of those things. Fishing tackle. And kites. Like, what, what kind of kites? Like, like kites that a child would fly or yeah, kites that like... I don't know. <laughs> kites that like a kite surfer would use? Doesn't specify. Looks like, because it looks kind of a, a bit like a boutique shop downtown. So I was like, it's probably kites that children fly. Children fly. But it's Sorry, where is this? This is in the East, on the East Coast, apparently. Now, upon looking it. at this, I was like... This sounds like one of those businesses that Terry 
came up with the name of after a few too many drinks in, thought it was hilarious, and then made the business come to fruition just because the name is so funny. I think you're 100% right. Yeah, I think the name came before the business. Like, there's no way that tackle for fishing and kites just are two your two big passions like honestly i want to find this what a bizarre okay i'll have to i have the photo somewhere i'll find it and i'll send it to you but honestly it's just one of those because what i what i'm wondering is if they have like if if it is like a fishing tackle shop and then Mm -hmm. they just have like one kite for sale so that they can call it hookers and blow well that's you know that i mean it's like we'll stock one kite yeah you can get around this in any way although children's kites you could stock a few just the basic ones right like Just have them on the wall because that's easy to add in there just so that you can get away with calling your business. I'm surprised you can get away with that at all. Hookers and blow. I know. Saying it on the air, I'm not sure we can, but here we are. (laughs) It's the name of a business, so. And it's owned by, obviously, an enormous Terry. Terry. God bless (laughs) you, man. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Have you followed the green belt controversy in Ontario at all, Shauna? I know you're from there. Uh, No. No? Like, I've seen what's going on-ish, but not really followed it. I haven't paid real close attention either, but if anyone's in the same boat, the quick version is that Ontario has this strip of protected lands called the green belt, and the goal is to keep some nature intact there because yeah. if they just let development run wild, there would be no green, no green space, space left, space right? Because yeah. the population is just exactly. growing so crazy there. But recently, the Doug Ford government removed the protected status of some of this incredibly valuable land and sold it to developers, uh, some of whom just happen to be connected to Doug Ford. Not fishy at all. Yeah, the whole thing stinks to high hell. Uh, The housing minister resigned on Monday over it. It's a bit of a mess. This is my favorite part of the story, though. There's this shadowy company of lobbyists involved in this story, and they're called Municipal Solutions. And the characters that work for this company are just like like cartoonishly... It's not even real. No. (laughs) It's ridiculous. So... The Integrity Commissioner did a report on this scandal, and they they made references to a man called Mr. X. (laughs) And it turns out Mr. X is the CEO of this company, Municipal Solutions. He's the former mayor of Clarington, Ontario, which is one of the areas in question. Mm -hmm. Then this company has a cannabis and psilocybin lobbyist. Her name is Anaconda. Her Instagram handle is Anaconda. Uh, She's a former fitness model, and now she's... This like lobbyist for cannabis and psilocybin for this shadowy like she's a bond a bond girl. Mm. Uh, that's she's an ill fated bond girl. Ridiculous. This is the best part though. They employ a guy who they call their fixer. Uh, in his headshot for their website, and you can see this. The website's available. He's wearing a mafia suit. He has a big brass ring on, and he's holding a Cuban cigar. It's a cartoon character. He looks like if you know the kingpin from Spider Man. He looks exactly like that. And his name is Phoenix Kiss. (laughs) You can't make this up. You can't make these things up. These are like bad video game characters. Unbelievable. And they're all tied to this scandal with the Doug Ford government. Like, they're making a mockery of the whole thing. It's (laughs) got to be an intentional making of a mockery. Like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It can't be real. I... It doesn't Honestly. make sense. But anyway, so the minister resigned on Monday. Doug Ford has shuffled his cabinet over this. Let's take a look at who's in Doug Ford's cabinet now. Okay. So his uh, new minister of housing is a guy they call the Serpent. His uh, new finance minister is called Vex Hector. Mm-hmm. Uh, the minister of parks and the environment, Knuckles. Minister of transportation, 
the Dark Gladiator. Wow, it looks like, looks like Night Terror will be handling the uh, health file now. The Minister of Long-Term ter- Care simply <laughs> refers to her play- herself as the cannibal. Uh, and the new Minister of Red Tape Production is a guy called Sammy the Shiv. Uh, Doug Ford's new cabinet. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Etymology with Shauna. I said the term geez Louise yesterday, <laughs> and I was like, where did that come from? Who's Louise? That's just it. And then I got thinking about it, and there are quite a few common sayings that involve proper names, like geez Louise or no way Jose, even every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yes. Uh, so I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole to find out about all of these yesterday, so we'll jump right into it here. Okay. First of all, geez Louise, in the 1900s, the English started inserting words into speech that sounded like a bad word but wasn't, which we still do to this day, right? So they like to skirt around the bad words by not saying it by rhyming or saying something similar to it instead. So rather than saying Jesus, they yep. would say... Jeez. Jeez. Oh my goodness, instead of oh my God, right? Oh my word. And then in some parts of the U.S., and this really picked up steam, but cheese was used instead of Jesus. And cheese kind of just evolved into G's. That's how we got G's. And then in the 1930s, English went through this really weird rhyming phase where we just liked rhyme two words together, right? So somebody just paired G's with Louise. That's how we got that. I think that weird rhyming trend has come up on etymology before. It has. And there's different ways, like the Cockney rhyming thing Mm -hmm. is uh, even more complicated. But for us in the English, it was just kind of two words that sounded similar. No way Jose came the same way or Jeepers Creepers, or Holy Cannoli. If you ever hear those, it all kind of started in the 30s. That's when we liked to rhyme things for fun together, and then it's kind of just gone from there. Okay. Um, So then I got thinking about the whole every Tom, Dick, and Harry thing, and I was like, where did that come from? And this gets super nerdy, but... There's a linguistic term that's just called a tricolon. I don't know if you've heard of this before, Mm -hmm. but it's when a group of three associated things are talked about, but in an order that sounds nice to us. So you start with the words with shorter syllables, and then you get to the longer syllable words. And it's something that us as English, we like to do. So when we do list off three things like that, it just naturally is the way we want to do it, where you want to put the shorter words first and then the longer after. So tall, dark, and handsome is another ah, example okay. of this. You kind of the where the beats fall, right? That's just it. And there was just a professor who at one point was trying to talk about a general group of people. And he just kind of said Tom, Dick, and Harry because it sounded nice to the ear <laughs> and it stuck from there. There are other versions of it. Tom, Dick, and Harriet. The odd time was used after that. They wanted to throw in a woman in there too, but uh, yeah. And that group of three is called a tricolon, you said? A tricolon. Okay, I'm going to look up some more of those. Super nerd, super nerd terminology. We're digging deep here, but there you go. Wow. Yeah. Now I'm also going to be on the lookout for more. The rhyming stuff. Rhyming stuff and phrases where they use a proper noun, Mm -hmm. where they use someone's name in there. Yeah, there's tons of them. Yeah, because if you're like... If you're Louise, you're like, what did I have to do with any of this, right? Or Jose. No yeah. way, Jose. Huh? Why does he always have to get no? Why do you always say no to him? Etymology with Shauna. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Couple of Terry of the Month nominees, if I could. Great. Uh, the first one is fairly quick. It's from friend of the show, Cindy, who was at the Demolition Derby in Fernie this past weekend. Yes. She sent me a video. Um, of, you know, just the derby going on. But the best part was just a few hours before she sent me that video, I had driven through Fernie 
And I'd seen one of these demolition derby cars in the back of a trailer all smashed up. It's unbelievable. So I just missed the massive Terry Fest. Damn. That is the Fernie Demolition Derby. Cindy sent me that video as well, and I was really upset that I wasn't there myself. Yeah. Those derbies just look oh. like a great time. Like we and said. And the Terry sightings that you'd see. Oh, man. Terry loves a demolition oh, derby. Oh, hell yeah. Also, that part of like southeastern BC, big time Terry country. Oh, Underappreciated yeah. Terry country. Totally. Uh, the second one, uh, a few people sent me this video. A friend of the show, Alan, was the first one. And it's from Lake Chippewa in Wisconsin. And this is very unusual, but in that lake, there's this floating island. I guess there are several floating islands, just the way that, like, the silt settled. Oh, interesting. And then trees and grass grew on these, like, patches of silt, and they do tend to get blown around by the wind across the lake. That is awesome. So once a year, the residents all get their boats together, and they go to this one big island, and they push it back where it's supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Using their boats. I might not have believed it if I didn't see the video, but there's a couple dozen boats in this video, and they're all like up on the side of the island, and they're revving hard and pushing that thing back oh where it needs to go. God. You and I have talked before about how much Terry loves when a toy that he owns allows him to be a hero. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. Your friend Terry, the water skier, who yep. pulled out that tree stump with his water skiing boat. Yes. Uh, there was a Terry a few years ago during a wildfire on the Okanagan who was trying to put out the flames with his boat. Yep. Just um, lifting up the uh, his his engine a little bit at the back there, just to try and spray the water. It was yeah. it was it was beautiful to watch, really. Um, Terry's who get to rescue someone with a snowmobile. Yeah, like Terry Even just, just he pulling li- at a truck out of a ditch, man. Yeah, Terry lives for these moments. Loves it. It's his favorite thing in the whole world. It is. So with that in mind, how cranked do you think these boat owners are for Holy. Island Push Day? Is it the biggest day of the year for them? Absolutely. Yeah, the problem is, is that Terry gets a little too cranked and, and he has to watch how many beer he has beforehand, right? Yeah. Like you got to tone it down there, Terry. I'm sure after the island is pushed back oh, where it yeah. needs to go, they all get together and really turn it up. They spray but, gas in the fire and it's they light the island on fire <laughs> probably. Off. Yeah. <laughs> and then anyone who doesn't have a boat, any Terry who doesn't have a boat, stands around and watches with extreme envy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure boat push day is a huge Terry I want to be there for that too. On Lake Chippewa. Honestly. Wisconsin. So many events that I would like to be a part of. Couple of Terry of the Month nominees for you. Love them. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I don't know how I'm following the University of Lethbridge, but I am. And they were posting a bunch of photos on their Instagram stories of all the new students moving into their dorm rooms and stuff for the first time. Very exciting stuff. And one of the students, you're flipping through, one of the students they featured was this hilarious Terry scene. It was the funny... So it was this guy, this young kid... He had a shopping cart, and in it was a fold-up chair, a blanket, and a mounted deer head. (laughs) And that's it. That's his furniture for the year in his dorm? (laughs) So everybody else, of course, had all the boxes, and you could see, like, opening the the trunks and everybody, all the stuff that they're carrying into their dorms for the first time. And there's this guy, and he just has this shopping cart with those three items. I mean, the deer head is the most ridiculous part that of this, for sure. That is the funniest thing. But the fact that he brought all of his stuff in a shopping cart. Yes, and not all <laughs> of his stuff. A fold-up chair for sitting in, a blanket for sleeping on, and then a mounted deer head for God knows what. But that was clearly all he thought was important. It's going to be a pretty simple year at Very school for simple. this fella. Oh, my God. I imagine he's from some small town. Yep. They're like, yeah, little Terry, whatever his name is. 
Cody is off to school in the big city. Yeah. And he's got his essentials, right? Holy crap. <laughs> like, honestly, why the deer head? Like, of... <laughs> Of all of the things, and like people like to, you know, decorate their dorms to a certain. Yeah. So all he, so all he wants is his mounted deer head. I mean, he'd be proud of that, I guess, if he killed the deer and For it's sure. his right taxidermied head there. But when he's missing home, you know, maybe crap. first time living away, and he needs to bring a little bit of the country with him. So, like, if you were debating going to the University of Lethbridge and you were from Ellsburg in Canada and you saw this guy, you're like, yep, yeah, that's. Uh, that is Alberta. That's Alberta right there. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna podcast. So Bo's teacher sent a questionnaire home for parents to fill out so that she can get to know her new students better, which I thought was a nice idea. Yeah. So it was asking, you know, how we would describe Bo, what his strengths are, what the areas that we'd like to see him improve in are, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it also asked, are there any holidays you don't celebrate in your home? Mm. Now, I'm thinking this is like to make sure they don't, you're not like pushing Halloween on a right. Jehovah's Witness or something, you know, just to try to make it smooth for kids. Totally. If there's some observance that the family doesn't participate in. I haven't filled that box out yet, though. <laughs> and I'm trying to decide if I should put something there kind of as a joke. I would. Like an oddly specific one. For sure. You know, like, are there any holidays you do not observe in your family? Uh, Yom Kippur. We're fine with the rest of the Jewish holidays, mm. but we do not celebrate Yom Kippur in this house. I was thinking you could even go with like Valentine's Day. We do not celebrate Valentine's Day in this house, you know. Which but would be true. <laughs> it's tr- although Yom Kippur is extremely yeah. And she'd read it and be like, "Damn, I wonder what happened to them on Yom Kippur." <laughs> Something really bad, clearly. Yeah. Something terrible happened to them on that day. Or do yeah. I just provide a list of like really mundane holidays? Absolutely. You know? Like National Radio Day. Don't like, celebrate that. Any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. National Day to recognize platypus issues. It's just like, what? Ash Wednesday. You realize this is a Catholic school, right? Yeah, but we will not be participating in Ash Wednesday. That would be really funny. Yeah, just the rest I of would. the Easter celebrations are fine. Not Ash Wednesday, though. Yeah. Why? Just cause. What happened there? Do you think she'd appreciate my humor, or is that I just so. going to be like, man, this guy's weird? Well, <laughs> I haven't even met her yet. This would be our first interaction. It would probably be a mixture of both. That's kind of funny. Also, this is a strange, strange family. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. This might be a dumb question here, Shauna, but in your opinion, if something is stained, is it also dirty? Or if yeah. you wash something, oh, I see, and it still has a stain in it. Is it then? Cle- is it still dirty, or is it no, like if you wash it and you put the you know resolve or whatever on it and you try and get the stain out, but it doesn't come out. It doesn't come out. I would consider that clean. I do too. My brother and I had this argument recently. Like if you have a stained towel, for instance, mm-hmm. I feel once it's been through a proper wash cycle. It's clean whether the stain remains or not. Yeah. And he said, no. He's like, what do you think is causing that discoloration in the fibers? It's leftover whatever caused the stain. And I was like, is it? Hmm. Like on a... On a I molecular level? Per- yeah, I didn't... I don't know. Like if you got an oil slick or something on something and it's not coming out, I... You put it through the wash a bunch of times. That's not going anywhere. That's going to be there forever. Yeah. I thought. But it's it's clean and sanitized, as clean and sanitized as clothing would get, yeah. as a garment would get. You'd think so. So I, I, I looked this up, and it's not 
entirely clear. There's been a bit written about this, specifically by by the communities of people who do cloth diapers. Okay. Because right. you can imagine they're battling stains nonstop, yeah. right? And they're they're asking like, if this diaper is, if there's a stain on it, is it clean if it's been washed properly? And I mean, I would say it is. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it would be. It's always sucks because you you've ruined your clothing if it has a stain on it. So, but I mean, I would still consider it clean. But there are things that you could still use. Yeah, like like a, like a towel, for example, rags, or like that a, kind of stuff. Yeah, rags or like even your bedding, right? If it has a stain on it, it's mm-hmm. if it goes through. I mean, it's not ideal, but it would be clean, wouldn't it? Yeah. What if you check your panties and you have? <laughs> Don't do, are you going to do it again? No, maybe. Do you still have to check your panties? I'm just Andy? calling it up right here. If you're, if you're doing, check your panties. <laughs> if you check your panties, you have stain. Does that mean it's clean after? Or? Check your panties. Just double check. <laughs> Not again. One more time. Check your panties. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. A Calgary Heritage Moment. Inglewood is one of Calgary's oldest neighborhoods, and because of this, it's easy to pass a building having no idea of its historical importance. One such building is an old one-story dark red brick building right in the heart of Inglewood at 1311 9th Avenue Southeast. It's across from what is now Spolumbo's, and at first glance, it looks like an old one-room schoolhouse, but it was actually the home of Calgary's first telephone company. In 1885, Calgary got its first telephone service when Colonel James Walker installed a telephone line to connect his office with his lumberyard a few miles away. Two years later, the city recognized the importance of this type of communication, and Calgary invited Bell Telephone Company to come in and develop a citywide service. Bell constructed a manually operated telephone exchange by the year 1900 that expanded across the city. At the time, Bell wasn't interested in providing rural telephone services as they didn't see it as profitable. But five years later, this proved to be untrue and surrounding areas also started to see telephones. In 1908, the government purchased Bell's developments and made their own telephone company called AGT, which stood for Alberta Government Telephones. By 1922, one in four Calgarians had a phone. Of course, when phones were first introduced, connections for each phone call were made by a live human operator who had to manually plug cables into the correct sockets so the sound of human voices could be exchanged from one location to another. But the demand for telephones exploded and soon a bunch of automated substations were built, including one in Inglewood. And these automated stations were a huge leap forward for technology. This meant no physical human was required. Because of this, the first substations were built without windows, as no one had to work out of these buildings. However, these stations needed frequent servicing, so a few years after construction, window openings were made in the walls. And that small old brick building still exists within Inglewood today. Most recently, it housed the Silver Threads Association for Seniors. It's one of the many historical buildings in one of the city's oldest neighborhoods. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. After Hours, a weekly podcast that brings X Afternoons with Mariah and Ty to another level of awesome and allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, f- they're going to say, f- 
Find X After Hours wherever you get your podcasts or on the X app.